Hello, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we are the voices of Tarvis. And what is Tarvis, I hear you cry? Well, Tarvis stands for Timely and Relevant Blogging, Including Sandwiches. It does indeed. And what does that mean, Carrie? That is a blog that we set up just about a year ago now about historical places that we've been to, um, places of interest, and basically describing them, giving you a run-through of them, so that you can make up your mind whether to go there or not. Nine times out of ten, we suggest you do. Yeah, and we give ratings on all different things, from the facilities, to the place itself, to the upkeep, and of course, the cafes. Because that's all important. Definitely. But we decided that we didn't just want to write about things, we wanted to talk about them as well. So we set up a podcast that you're listening to, which is all about... People, places, historical events, things of interest that we uh, we like to geek out about. Yep, we wanted to get on another platform because nerding about history is what we do best and we wanted another way of doing it. And sharing it with you lovely people. Now, um, you can listen in, obviously. You can also read our blog and get in touch. How can they do that, em? Well, it's using our handle, which is the same for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and WordPress. And that is at... Tarbis History, and Tarbis is all capitals, and history is all lowercase. So come on in, have a listen, drop us a line if you think that there's someone in particular that we should talk about, or, God forbid, we get something wrong. Definitely, if we get something wrong, I want to know. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Tarbis After Hours. Good evening, and welcome to Tarbis After Hours. Yes, uh, this week we're debating, well we were debating, on where to go with our podcast because we thought that we should step outside of like Europe and the US and consequently our comfort zones. Uh, So it didn't really help us making any decisions. No, we we are notoriously indecisive. Yeah, so we decided to ask all of our followers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook to kind of help us out a bit we decided we wanted to go either Africa or Asia and you wonderful people chose Africa so in light of that we've gone with an Egyptian pharaoh who was nearly completely lost to history Queen Hatsput is that right? Hatshepsut I'm going to call her Hattie can't say it I'm calling her Hattie (laughs) Carrie will say all the names of Egyptian pharaohs we know that I'm not great at the whole naming thing which is great considering we do a historical podcast and history you're better with dates though I mean I I have numerical dyslexia so I read them funky okay that's fine between us we'll we'll figure this all out yeah we'll get there so Queen Hattie Um, we aren't really sure when she was born although it is believed it could have been around 1508 BC um, but we do know that she um, reigned roughly from 1473 to 1458 BC. And her name, Hatshepsut, is said uh, to mean foremost of the noble women, which is pretty cool, you know, being a woman pharaoh and all. She was part of a pretty select group. Yeah, I mean, women were, you know, they, they weren't viewed back in ancient Egypt as they were until recently here. So women could, by law, they could own property, they could will property, um, and they, they had a lot more rights than you would think at that time. Um, but th- they could have power as a queen, so as ruler alongside a pharaoh, or as a, a ruler in their own right but it wasn't very common for a woman to be pharaoh in their own right indeed there were only about three or four that proclaimed themselves pharaoh including Cleopatra 
you know, the famous one. Yeah. Um, although there were plenty of powerful women ruling as wives. What we do know about her is that she was the daughter of Pharaoh Tutmos I and Ahmos, and she had one full sister who was Nefrabiti. Um, their daughter, Tutmos I, was a successful warrior, and he actually expanded Egyptian territory in surrounding countries such as Syria and Nubia. And there is actually a famous story of him going on campaign in Nubia and coming back with the body of a Nubian swinging from the front of his ship as a warning to everybody else. So he was pretty ruthless. Um, when she later came to power, however, Hatshepsut, Hattie, <laughs> claimed that she was the daughter of Ahmos and the daughter and the god. Amun or Ra, so he was called Amun or Ra. We'll refer to him as Ra throughout this because it's just easier to keep as one name. Um, this was pretty important because the pharaoh was meant to be the human incarnation of the god Horus, who was the grandson of Ra. Um, so this divine link was a pretty major deal. So by saying that she wasn't just the incarnation of the god Horus, she was the daughter of Ra. And she actually used that when she said later on that her, her father had told her he, he would be her successor. She also said that her father, the god Ra, named her as Pharaoh as well. Oh, so that, that that's a pretty good way of solidifying yourself in anybody else's yeah. mind. It's if like, they didn't think she was good enough, it's like she God gave told herself... Me to. A god, yeah. yeah, head god told me to. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think the god link is a little bit weird, yeah. the actual family relationships were worse. Yes. Now, I mean, she's no Cleopatra, no. but it was really common for the Egyptian royal family to intermarry. Yes, you know? their family trees were so complicated. It's more like a family web. You're almost like, you know, being from Norfolk, uh, normal for Norfolk. <laughs> now, the, um, <laughs> no Egypt, Egypt was worse. Yes. Um, <laughs> Queen Hattie, she married her half-brother, Tutmos II. Mm-hmm. Um, he was fourth son of Tutmos I Ooh. and Mutnofret. Well done. Um, his thank you. Um, his older brother died young. Okay. So this meant that when his father died, he became Pharaoh Tutmos II, mm-hmm. with Queen Hattie becoming his consort, aged about twelve. Okay. But unfortunately, they didn't have a son together, mm-hmm. but just a daughter. Yep. Um, her name was Neferuri. I would never have gotten that one. <laughs> um, he did have a son with another one of his wives called Isis, and but guess what they named him. No idea. Really? Yes, I have an idea. <laughs> Tutmos the third. Imaginative naming there, isn't it? Just so Tutmos the first, Tutmos the second, Tutmos the third. Yeah. Yeah. Almost as bad as the Ptolemies when there was like fourteen of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, he Tutmos inherited the throne of Egypt when his father died, but he was still really young at the time. So um, this is Tutmos the third. So Hatshepsut then stepped up as his regent. So she was his stepmother and his regent, meaning she basically ruled for him until he came of age to take over him for himself. That was the idea. Now, whether it was due to ambition and thirst for power, or political savvy to take over from a child, Hatshepsut. <coughs> Richard the third. Why? Why would you do that? Continue. Hatshepsut took over <laughs> as Pharaoh. Honestly, so rude. Now. <laughs> Being the living embodiment of Horus, it was a man's job to be pharaoh, so she had to look and act the part, including wearing a false beard, dressing as a man, and having herself painted as a masculine figure. Despite this, though, she still referred to herself as the female falcon. That was because Horus was depicted as a falcon. He is a falcon-headed god. Um, She wasn't technically, therefore, denying that she was a woman. Um, She was still depicted... Depicted? 
depicted <laughs> rather with feminine facial features so you looked at her face you knew she was still a woman despite the beard and a tiny waist but her physique was quite muscular quite manly very dark very toned um but did you know she's actually often credited with the first recorded use of the coal eyeliner which has become quite synonymous with egyptians oh what you mean that the under and over and the wing and the, the thing yeah basically the oh. eyeliner um that we now imitate that was that was Hatshepsut. Um, she Good used old Hattie. It, yeah, there was a plant that she brought back from one of her um, one of her expeditions, and she crushed it up and used it as eyeliner. Yeah. Um, not only did it look cool, it actually also helped to protect to reflect the um, African sun, which is quite harsh, quite a solid sun, and um, protect their eyes. Ah, so she was clever and stylish. Yes. Good old Hattie. I'm freak. <laughs> um, she was actually very good for Egypt. Mm. Um, the economy flourished and. Um, she worked to expand trade. Yeah. Um, she was also sent on an expedition. What I went to say that right, but in my head I was saying it wrong. <laughs> she Try was it. also sent on expedition to the African coastal land of. It, it is say what you see. Punt. Yes. On the Red Sea. Yeah. <laughs> she was also responsible for a huge building program, mm-hmm. including some very impressive temples, which can still be seen today. Mm-hmm. Um, she renovated the temple of Karnak um, which was built by her father yeah. so her father built it she renovated it mm-hmm. and she's also responsible for four great obelisks obelisks obelisk obelisk they sound exactly like we said the same word basically yeah just kind of spread it out a bit obelisk what does that actually mean um, it's an obelisk is it's generally defined as a tall structure um, like a tower but you can't... I mean, some you can go up. So, like, the Washington Monument is an obelisk. It's basically a tall, four-sided tower that comes to a point at the top. Why so, can't we just say tall tower, then? Why does... Obelisk. Well, you can say tall tower. Let, let us call it a tall tower. No, I've just learnt a new word. Well done. So, um, she was responsible for four great obelisks Ooh. that um, stand at almost 100 feet tall. Sorry, and one of which. Sorry, that really hurt. Are we done? You're interrupting my uh, my little bit here. Sorry, I'm just naming myself. Carry on. Are you done? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm cool. One of her um, obelisks uh, still stands today. Wow. Um, you know, I'd actually love to go see that. I would. I want to go and see ancient um, ancient Egypt. I can't go and see ancient, go ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Time machine. No, I'd love to go and see Egypt um, because it's fascinated me since I was a child. But one of the places is the Temple of Karnak. I would love to go and see it. There are a lot of statues there, and it's it's a gorgeous place. Um, also, the film The Mummy may have helped with that. Um, <laughs> she also built the temple at Deir al-Bahri, um, which is a complex with an inner part known as the Jaisa Jaseru, or Holiest of Holy Places. So like modern temples, like um, your religious synagogues and everything have an inner temple part, the Holy of Holies, that was that. Um, and it was dedicated to Amun, and it was also her mausoleum, which was dedicated to her life and death, and included depictions of her various achievements, such as the expedition to Punt, and many other wonderful things that they brought back to trade, including gold, ebony, myrrh, and, and coal. Um, it's quite interesting, one of the things I learnt reading up about her is the way she's depicted, I mean, she's still depicted as a very beautiful woman, despite the masculine features. Um, the Queen of Punt is depicted as quite a... Um, well-rounded woman, shall we say? She fat. Yeah, she's depicted as quite obese. Now, um, apparently that's quite an accurate description of her at the time. A lot of resources say that she was like that. But it's interesting how they show her like that and then Hatshepsut really quite 
godlike as as the woman who basically took over them and traded with them and you know made them a better place by her very presence in the area so it's it's a bit of propaganda there for you um and it was this knack for expansion like her father um him more military her more diplomacy that um, was part of her success along with her political savvy um she was able to ally herself from a young age with powerful advisors such as a bloke called Senenmut, um who was actually a servant in her i think it was her mother's household um, although there was also a couple of rumours that he was her lover as well, so that may have helped. Mm, probably, probably, yeah. I mean, the uh, the concept of only having one person in your life when you're like married is actually quite a relatively new concept. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. I mean, the pharaoh back then would have had not that there's pharaohs now. The pharaoh then would have had his wife, like his main wife, his sister wife, and then a full harem of hundreds. I mean, Pharaoh Ramses II had over 600 children from his wives and harem. Christmas would have been expensive. Don't think they celebrated Christmas. Imagine. They would have no had Christmas. They would have had something like present. They would have had a day. Oh yeah, they probably they would have had gift giving in the name of one particular god or several gods. But he was the pharaoh of Upper and Lower Egypt and like the Egyptian Empire at the time. That means there were six hundred children in line for the Egyptian Egyptian throne at one point. Basically, yeah. Wow. But only the pharaohs and that and then his direct line would have taken it. But imagine the amount of people out there that could potentially now claim descent from Ramses II. I mean he's he's not quite as bad as Genghis Khan, but he's almost up there. Mm. Genghis Khan is pretty much the father of most of modern Europe, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More on that one later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but it is difficult to know much about Hattie because of what happened after her death. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that um, as she aged, her grasp of power weakened as well, and her stepson, Tutmus III, remember him? Yes. Good old Tutty number three. Tutwa. Uh, since when did he become French? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> oh dear, I've had lots of sugar today. This oh. is not going well. Oh, where were we? Um, yeah. So um, and then he became of age. Yes. Um, she tried to consolidate her power by marrying her daughter off to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but she died early. Good. Um, yeah, and this meant that she now struggled to hold on to any power. Um, but we aren't really sure how her death came about. There are different rumours. Uh, but one, and probably the most strongest one, is that she was deposed by Tutmos III, Tutwa, mm-hmm. and um, his supporters, and then she was murdered. Which would have been kind of in keeping with the politics of the time. However, more recently, scientists have proposed the idea that she may have been gradually poisoned by an ingredient in an ointment that she used for a generic skin condition, a genetic, sorry, skin condition, which is quite a slow and horrible way to die, although infinitely less glamorous than a mysterious murder. Yeah. But um, they have, around some of her temples and things, they have found substances that contain carcinogens. So it's possible she either died of a form of cancer or she just slowly poisoned herself to death whilst trying to heal herself. Which, considering, you know, she used a lead-based eyeliner and then, you know, people have used lead-based paints and things like that, this is not entirely historically surprising. No. No. Um, When she became regent after being widowed, she was in her late 20s. Um, Remember, she was married at the age of 12... She became queen, sorry, at the age of 12 
um, widowed and then um, regent in her 20s. She went on to rule as pharaoh for roughly about 20 years, meaning she would have been in her mid to late 40s, maybe even her 50s when she died, which was wow. a decent age for the time. That is pretty deep for that long ago. Yeah. Um, and the reason we are a bit fuzzy on the details is that later in his reign, so not immediately after, which kind of goes a little bit against the, the murder mystery theory. Um, we're talking about maybe 15, 20 years after. Tutmosis III went on a campaign of erasing her from history. Um, her monuments were either destroyed or defaced. This is the same as what happened to Alagabalus, that Damnatio Memori. Mm-hmm. Um, so he destroyed defaced inscriptions about her. Um, anything showing her name was defaced. And he walled off her obelisks so that people couldn't get close enough to view them and learn about her. I so, wonder what happened. Um, it could have been just political savvy. We we don't know. But you would have he would have done that straight away. You, you'd have thought so. Mm. But it could be that later on in his life things were being questioned. Possibly. So he then decided to just think uh, maybe we should just get rid of her to prove that yes, I am the pharaoh. Don't argue with me. Cool. Um, but did he do this as part of a grudge, or was it like actually a tactical decision to solidify his own succession? and to stop her supporters from rising up against him, securing his own rule and that of his son and heir, Emotep II. Um, ironically, though, some of the best-preserved ancient Egyptian obelisks hmm? we can still see were built by Queen Hetty. It's built by her. Mm-hmm. Um, but walling them off, he actually protected them, so maybe not the best move there, Tuktoa. Irony. Right, he that's an Alanis Morissette song waiting to happen. Yeah, that, that actually is an irony, though. Unlike yeah. the song, unlike the song, I don't think she quite understood the term ironic. No, when ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife. That's just frustrating and bad luck. Yeah, it's not ironic. No. Ironic would be needing a fork and you've bought a spoon from home. Yeah, not oh. them yeah. being a, uh, that's We should anyway. stop having a rant about <laughs> yeah. Alanis Morissette's song now. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Back to Hattie. Yep. Um, so she'd been... They tried to erase her from history at this point, but thanks to them doing that, thanks to the walling off the obelisk, we still know about her, though not a huge amount. We are constantly learning, thanks to the efforts of archaeologists and Egyptologists, um, we are learning all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they found little things with like brass, um, bits of brass with inscriptions from her and her name cartouche, which is... Um, a cartouche is when you have their name in hieroglyphics mm-hmm. and it's surrounded by... Um, a long circle or something like that that's what we call a cartouche um, what we do know is that in her 20 odd years as regent and pharaoh she made Egypt's economy strong enough that when Tutmosis III took over he was able to continue this and Egypt became officially the first ancient superpower that's quite, if you're going to be remembered for something you want to be remembered for something like that yeah I mean he, unless he was absolutely God awful. Mm. The way she set him up, he he could not have mucked it up. He could not have failed. No, all because of her. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she recently has been looked at, looked at a bit differently, but she hasn't always been popular with other historians. No. Um, one chap called Hayes uh, referred to her as a vain, ambitious, and unsculpturous woman. Um, which is pretty harsh. Yeah, I mean, don't pull any punches there, Hayes. <laughs> no, but that's what you think. But he, I don't even understand how we can know that much about her to be able to call her that. I think it's just like what they understood at the mm. time in that she was Pharaoh, 
when her son, her stepson, should have been Pharaoh, mm. and then he then wiped her out from history. They they probably didn't look too much into it. No, and if you think about it, it does make sense because she was a woman, and female rulers haven't always been popular. Um, even here in England, when we've had a couple ourselves. Exactly. Um, it couldn't have been easy for her at the time, having to reinvent herself so that she came across as every bit as powerful as her male predecessors, um, whilst also making sure that people knew that she was female. She actually even took on the new name of Matkare, meaning truth is the soul of the sun god um, it was, it's split into three things, so you've got um, Mat, who is the goddess of justice um, you've got Ka, which means the soul and Re, or, which is another name for Ra so that name amalgamates Ra and Mat, so she's like she's making herself appear just and strong, so reassuring the people that she was right to take the throne and rule um, she also associated herself with the lioness warrior goddess Sekhmet and she built an impressive temple to her at Beni Hassan. Um, Sekhmet is... She's basically the warrior of the gods. If the gods wanted something done, war-wise, they would send her. And she was often depicted either as a lion or as a lion-headed goddess. And often linked in a lot with Bast, who is the cat goddess. Oh, right. See, cat, cats were holy in ancient Egypt. Yeah, I know that. Cats are cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's Carrie's future, all rolled up in one sentence. But um, being a pharaoh was for life. Mm -hmm. So while Tutmosis III grew up as a strong warrior under her rule, once she claimed the part of pharaoh, she Mm -hmm. couldn't really step down until she died one way or another. So it was a bit... She was in a bit of a bind, but in her case, um, made sure that there was a stable rule for a while, and it was lucky for the Egyptian people that Tutmosis III then carried this on after she was gone despite trying to erase her. Yeah, so even though she was supposed to be regent and then turned out to be pharaoh, he was raised well. He was raised as a warrior. He was raised in this stable economy. He was raised as a diplomat as well. So she she set him up well for life. Mm. And she made sure there was that stability there throughout her 20 years. So he had time to grow up. I mean, he was about 20 when... Um, yeah, around about 20 when, she, when he took power. In his 20s, sorry. So he did have time to grow up in this stable, strong, economically savvy Egypt. Mm. Um, She was also responsible for hundreds of building projects across Upper and Lower Egypt, because Egypt was divided into two. It was one kingdom, but it was two. Um, And there's barely a museum throughout the world with an ancient Egyptian collection that doesn't have a statue of or by Hatshepsut. So that was how far-reaching she was. Um, the surviving obelisk at the Temple of Karnak that you mentioned earlier is actually the largest surviving ancient obelisk on Earth. And the Jezer Jezeru was a structure made of symmetrical columns. Um, it's called a colonnade structure that existed over a thousand years before the Parthenon was built. So by the time like Greece came in and did the Parthenon at Athens, pff, Egypt had been there, done that. Yeah. There's a lot of things that Egypt have been there and done before the Greeks. To be fair, it's hard to fathom how long Egypt has been going as pharaohic Egypt. Um, they've been going for a couple of thousand years. I mean, bear in mind this Hatshepsut from now is about three and a half thousand years ago. And Cleopatra, this is how long the span of Egypt is. Cleopatra is closer in timeline to the industrial revolution in the 1800s than she was to the building of the pyramids that blows my brain that is it it's insane you you think of i don't know about you or everyone listening when i think of ancient egypt i don't think of it as like a massive time span i think of it as just 
ancient Egypt is like as a whole. Mm. So you expect every pharaoh to have been there for the pyramids, for the sphinxes, for everything. That's how I think it's so a thinking that she's actually closer to the Industrial Revolution than she was to an Egypt without pyramids just blows my brain. Yeah. I mean, um, the the whole thing with her and Mark Anthony against Emperor Augustus. Augustus was up until pretty much the end of the BC, start of the AD era. So she was right at the very end. If we're if we're putting this in a Christian calendar, she was not long. She was within the span of about 100, 150 years before Jesus was born. Yeah. So that's how close she was. And this is about one and a half, maybe two thousand years before. Wow. It's insane. Egypt was. I think. I think Egypt was still going when there was mammoths walking around. Probably. I mean, wow. it's, in, it's insane. Um, but they, that gives you a rough idea of like the, the ridiculousness of it in a good way. Yeah. Um, a lot of her work was later improved on or even usurped by later pharaohs wanting to make themselves every bit as impressive as her, um, the daughter of Ra. And uh, only one really came close. That was our good old pal, the uh, Ramses II, good old daddy there. Um, <laughs> and hopefully we'll be looking into him at a later date because yeah, we will he was be. quite interesting. Mm-hmm and may or may not have been the pharaoh Ramses that's mentioned in the book of Exodus and Moses. Oh. Maybe. We're not entirely sure. That's that's a whole can of, yeah. can of worms that we'll talk well, about another time. <laughs> doing a little bit, because obviously this is the end of our podcast um, about her. Yeah, because um, there wasn't that much There isn't find. that much to find. We've tried, but we don't know that much, so we can't talk about stuff that we don't know or no. that isn't out there yet. Um, so I wouldn't want to lie to you. No, so I've done my normal, you know, the whole the ridiculous death part. Mm. But I did find like a, a ridiculous thing event, I guess, mm. and it is about actually Ramses II. Oh right, so it just okay. kind of tie in a little bit. Um, so he is. I'm just going to look tiny little background. Okay. Um, he is considered to have been one of ancient Egypt's greatest rulers. Mm. Well, he's known as Ramses yeah, the Great. Yeah. Judging by just how many monuments were built in his name and the fact that he was alternatively known as Ramses the Great oh, by sorry, his subjects. Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, but after ninety six after a ninety six year long career as a pharaoh, mm. Ramses was probably looking forward to spending some quality time alone as a corpse in a gold coffin. As you would, you know. But the museums of the world had other ideas. Now, like many other great pharaohs, um, Ramses' corpse was exhumed and put on display in a museum. Um, his near-century-long legacy as a man thought of as no less than a god, summed up by a single um, language in his ancient mind that no one could, couldn't quite comprehend. Okay. So in um, 1974, however, so this is years and years, years after, thousands of years after he died and hundreds of years after he'd been on display, mm-hmm. um, Ramsey's corpse was showing its age and it was agreed that it should be sent to a Paris laboratory to be prettied up. Okay. Now, not wanting the memory of one of its greatest pharaohs to be sullied by listing him as a piece of luggage, the Egyptian government granted Ramses an official Egyptian passport for the journey. That's so cool. So along with his name and age, some 3,000 3, plus years later, at the time when he made, he made the, the journey, um, he had a passport. And it also listed his occupation as king with a small disclaimer adding that he was dead, as if the fact that he was a 3,000-year-old corpse didn't give that away. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, in 1974, Ramses II was given an official Egyptian passport. That begs the question, if his mummy's now on display, 
is the passport on display with him? I don't know. I think that would be pretty cool just to have it lined up next to him. This is Ramsey's, this is his passport. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I don't know whether you could have a ridiculous thing, a bit of knowledge. R- ridiculous. 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 Ridiculous post-death. Yes, ridiculous. Look, wait, I'm, I'm not worried, Ray. Let's, let's leave that one. It's been um, a long weekend. It's been a long weekend. Okay, so this is the most ridiculous death I could find. Okay. Because there isn't anything really surrounding the deaths of Egyptians and the pharaohs and such. It's more about what they did. Yeah. I mean, their deaths, so, they just kind of... They just yeah, but died. this one is the one I could find where it wasn't just a death. Or a murder, or a poison. Or Tutankhamun, where we're not entirely sure, but everyone has a theory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is about Pharaoh Menzies. All right, okay. Um, he was a legendary pharaoh. Um, it's sometimes written as Pharaoh Mina, or sometimes just simply Min. Okay. Um, he was reportedly Egypt's first pharaoh. Pharaoh. <laughs> it's going great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Pharaoh. Um, his journey um, to unify all of Egypt under a single ruler is the stuff of legends. Yeah. Obviously, talk about more about him again another time. But because um, it was really awesome, um, not because of that, it's because we know virtually nothing about his life or his rule. Okay. It's just because it was that long ago. Not that he wasn't awesome, not that he didn't do a lot, but I guess the same with Hattie... Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't that much known no. because of how long ago it was. And have you have you tried? I could hieroglyphics look really pretty, but there's no way in this world I would ever know. It's the fact that there's over there's over seven hundred characters, you've and the got, fact that the same symbol could be a sun or a duck. Yeah, you've you've got different, like loads of different types of symbol. You're trying not to laugh at I'm, me. I'm trying not to laugh at you. Because I know what you've got. But the fact that you read them, they don't read left to right or right to left, like English or Arabic. You can read them up, down, side to side. Any How did anyone read that? Thanks to the Rosetta Stone. Basically, the Rosetta Stone is a fantastic find. And you had hieroglyphics. And then you had um, Coptic, like, um, Egyptian writing script, normal handwriting script. And then you had um, Greek, like Jewish Coptic and Greek Coptic. And they basically, they could read the Greek already. And then because of they could read the Greek, they could read the Egyptian Coptic. And then above that, they were able then to work out the hieroglyphics on top. And from that, they used that as sort of a, a code alphabet sort of thing to work out hieroglyphics that's why when you see them it could mean as you say it could mean sun it could be you know Hatshepsut or Ramsey II is having a party this weekend it could also be duck there's a foot coming at you yeah it could mean anything depending on which way you read it wow if you read it and it makes sense great if you read it and it don't make sense you're probably reading it wrong mm. I mean I'd read it and it looks like it might make sense but to me it wouldn't yeah, it's like staring at windings on a computer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but in fact, historians are only really confident about one key detail from mm. Pharaoh Menzies' life. Okay. And that he ruled Egypt during a time of relative peace, mm. that he was well respected by people, and that he was stomped to death by a hippo. <laughs> it was going so well. <laughs> but he'd ru- he, was, he was on the throne for 62 years, so he was mm. Pharaoh for 62 years, um, it's not known exactly how he met his end because of the hippo. Like, had he pissed the hippo off? Would the hippo just... 
just grumpy. That we don't know. But are actually the most dangerous animal and yeah. responsible for more deaths in Africa than any other animal. Yeah, but because apparently it's not that it's not a detail that everyone back then felt was an interesting note to say why. They just wrote that um but all we know for sure is that somehow the first Egyptian pharaoh was mysteriously ambushed while surrounded by guards by a hippo. To be fair, even if you were like a bunch of elite Egyptian guards, complete with armour and weapons, if a two ton hippo is running at you, yeah, you ain't gonna do much. Yeah, but aren't you so, aren't the point of being like the pharaoh's guards you're supposed to obviously give your life for your pharaoh? I mean they But no, did. they just went they just no, just him. They split apparently and he got stomped to death by a hippo. Not eaten by a hippo, he was trod on by a hippo. Just this idea of some ancient Egyptian guy just standing there going, man, I, I don't get paid enough for this shit. No, just <laughs> like, to one side. <laughs> hippo, you know, soz mate, we're off. Yeah, just like, whoa, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a ridiculous death goes to Pharaoh Menzies, or Menny, or Min, however you may know him as. Pharaoh M, M the man. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is. Tabus after hours for this week as always please like comment and subscribe to mm-hmm. and follow us on wordpress facebook instagram and twitter all under the same handles at Tabus history and if you have any suggestions of where we'd like to go next week give us a give us a drop us a line that's the word i forgot what i was saying halfway through saying it on yeah. that note we shall speak with you next tuesday and avoid hippos down with the hippos Ha <laughs>